This is a Danger Entertainment Podcast. DangerEntertainment.net Danger Entertainment Podcast Network. Hey everybody, this is Heno. And this is Stephanie. And we're from the Gotham Lights Podcast. Also, the Orville Lights Podcast, sometimes. They are two podcasts dedicated to the television show Gotham. And the Orville. Now, where can they reach us, Steph? I'm so glad you asked, Heno. You can find us on Twitter, at Gotham Lights. You can also find us on Facebook, don't you know? Don't you know? Just by searching (laughs) Gotham Lights. Gotham Lights Podcast at gmail.com. Welcome to episode 304 of the Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Ian. And this is the only podcast that says... Apologies to anybody who may be offended by me saying this, but here's the quote. Or monologue in this case. Always some white boy got to invoke the Holy Trinity. Bust this. Those movies are about how the white man keeps the brother down. Even in a galaxy far, far away. Check this shit. You got Cracker Farm Boy Luke Skywalker, Nazi Poster Boy, Blonde Hair, Blue Eyes, and you got Darth Vader, the blackest brother on the planet, Nubian God. Now, Vader, he's a spiritual brother, you know, down with the force and all that good shit. Then this Cracker Skywalker gets his hands on a lightsaber and the boy decides he's going to run the fucking universe. Gets a whole clan of whites together and they go and bust up Vader's hood. The Death Star. Now what do you call that? Gentrification. They're going to drive out the black element to make the galaxy quote unquote safe for white folks. And Jedi is the most insulting installment of all. Because Vader's beautiful black visage is saltied, sullied when he pulls off his mask to reveal a feeble, crusty old white man. What they try to tell us deep down inside is we all want to be white. <laughs> now, for those who don't know, that monologue, without the interruptions from Banky, is from Chasing Amy, mm-hmm. a Kevin Smith movie that was made over 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Now, the only reason I'm bringing this, this monologue up, and before we get into our, our usual opening how you doings and whatnots and so forth. I saw an article today. MSNBC host Melissa Harris Perry makes an argument that Star Wars is racist because Darth Vader is black. Wow. This is this is a, from the Washington Times, a, a paper of of repute. Yeah. I know why I have feelings, good, bad, and otherwise, about Star Wars. And I have a lot, Mrs. Perry Harris said during a segment on her talk show during race and gender, discussing race and gender in the upcoming Star Wars film. 
I could spend the whole day talking about the whole Darth Vader situation. Really? You could? The New York Times' Wesley Morris asked incredulously. Mrs. Harris responded, Yeah, like the part where he was a black guy whose name basically was James Earl Jones, who, and we all, who were all but white, he was black. He was terrible and bad and awful and used to cut off white men's hands. And don't you know, actually claim his son. But as soon as he claims his son and goes over to the good, he takes off his mask and he's white. Yes, I have many, many feelings about that. Hmm. Come on, man! <laughs> like, really? <laughs> like, like it's like that speech came to life. Like, so, like she heard that... Like, like, somebody showed her a copy of Chasing Amy. And she was just like, well, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Like, Really? <laughs> I hear you. Like, <clears throat> I, I, why can't we just leave shit alone? Eh, not in this, today's culture. No, no. Like, I, if you want to say you don't like it, you don't like him because you just don't like that type of film. That's fine. I, I'm fine with that. But if you want to like be like all like. Well, you know, George Lucas was basically saying that all black people deep down want to be like, what? No. <laughs> no. Why can't some things just be entertaining? Yeah. I don't know, man. You're getting very political. As a 12-year-old, I didn't see that message. And as a 46-year-old, I don't see that message. Right. I just see a guy who was wearing cool fucking armor. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> and, like, most people like Vader. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I mean, he's like this badass who's choking people out. He cuts down Luke. Like, he's deflecting the Han's laser bolts. You know, won't you join us? You know, I mean, I mean, it's James Earl Jones' fucking voice. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's the baddest motherfucker in the universe, apparently. He was the chosen one. Yeah. I just wanted to bring that up. I saw it and I thought, my God, it's that it's that monologue from Chasing Amy come to life. Like like somebody actually heard that and thought that makes sense. Yeah. It's on when I when I read that article, that's the first fucking thing I thought of. I thought, well, here you go. <laughs> And if she hasn't seen Chasing Amy, somebody better fucking show it to her. Yeah. And then let her know that it was written by a fat white guy. Yeah. Ugh. Now that you got that off your chest. Now that I've got that off my chest. How are you, sir? I'm good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I had some St. Patty's Day feast today. Yeah. Tomorrow's busy, so I knew that we were. Yeah. <laughs> so we had the old corned beef and cabbage and carrots and. Did you get your soda bread? We did. I did. Lisa made some. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. New potatoes and. Wow, it was good. Sounds exciting. It was good. Yeah. I, and plus, it was on sale at Johnny or really cheap. Yeah. Like I got. That's surprising because, I mean, it's like this time of year you think it'd be jacked up the prices a little bit. Sale, I got a shit ton. I mean, I got probably, 
almost five pounds. Yeah. Because Jim and you know everybody came over. Yeah. And we still have tons left. Yeah. That I had. He had paid twenty six bucks. Yeah. For all that corned beef. Yeah, that's not bad. Mm-mm. No, it was relatively cheap. Yeah. And Aldi's had cabbage on sale for like twenty five cents a head. Or something like yeah. That. So. Yeah, like it's surprising. You'd think like I mean, like that's like all traditional Irish fare. You'd you'd figure that they'd jack it up. Yeah. Nah. American Irish fare. Yeah. Frank. I think corned beef, I mean, they do eat corned beef in Ireland. Yeah, but I think that, uh, um, I think theirs was more of a bacon yeah. and cabbage. But I, I don't know. We'll have to ask our friend Anthony. But um, Yeah, mongoose can enlighten us. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so. But anyway, it was good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a good dinner. Good. And I started something last night. I can't remember what I started. Really? I was passed out. Yeah, I was oh. tired last night. So, anyway. Yeah. I haven't really watched much this week. Latest episode of Discovery. Yeah. That's about it. Huh. I watched... Nancy was sick this week. Uh-huh. Like, they sent her home from work. She was so sick. Mm. Which, you know, I mean, like, a place like Target doesn't do that. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, they will work you. They're like, you you, you, you need to go to home. Yeah. You know? And um, was, I, I took Tuesday and Wednesday off because she was, like, Tuesday especially, like, she was down. Yeah. Like, there was, like, the only way you, she was getting up was so she didn't, like, you know, piss her pants. Yeah. Like, that, that was, like, how, like, dead she was. Uh-huh. And, uh... <sighs> I took care of her those two days. But on Wednesday, she was feeling a little bit better. And we watched a, a movie, a uh, Netflix original, called uh, uh, Triple Frontier. Okay. And this has uh, Ben Affleck, um, uh, Oscar Isaac, uh, Charlie Hoonan, um, Pedro, I can't remember the guy's name. He was the he, he he was the um he was in uh the Kingsman sequel. Uh-huh. Um hold on. Let me if I would have been prepared, I would have had this up for us already. But of course I'm not that kind of a professional. Uh yeah, Pedro Pascal. Um He's been in a couple of the, he's in the, the second Equalizer movie. He 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 played um uh the Martell in Game of Thrones, the one who gets his head crushed yeah. by the mountain. That's him. Uh but he, he's also gonna be in the uh the Star Wars T V show on. Okay. He's gonna I guess he's playing the Mandarin. Okay. Or not the Mandarin, no, the Mandorian. Uh-huh. Um the Mandarin, jeez. Flashback from last week. Uh, but yeah, but um, I mean, this is like a really good cast, and like the the, the whole premise of the the movie is these guys are all ex operators, okay, um, you know who basically gave their life to the military and, and now they're like, you know, scratching to get by, you know, uh-huh. that type of thing, and um, 
Oscar Isaac is a contractor working in South America. And uh, he's like, look, I've got a score. I've got a guy. He's a bad guy. He's got all this money. The house is a safe, essentially. Mm-hmm. All we got to do is go in, take these guys out. The money's ours. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and where it goes from there. That's Mayhem basic- ensues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's a really good movie, especially if you like movies like that, like our, like, um, The one that always comes to mind is like Tears of the Sun. Yeah. Like, you know, where it's like very, like everything's like very militaristic, like how the guys are operating, everything. I like shit like that. Mm. And uh, it's a really good movie. Like, I really enjoyed it. I would highly <laughs> recommend it if you if you enjoy. Yeah, I'll probably watch it. Yeah. And I mean, and it's got a great cast. Um. You know, um, I, I highly, highly recommend it. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's all. I mean, I just it, it's it's really good. I don't want to give too much away. Okay. Um, because you haven't seen it, and I'd like other people to watch it too. So it, it gets high rating. Both me and Nancy, both Nancy and Nancy hates Affleck. I mean, that's the big thing. Like she hates Ben Affleck, but she liked him as Batman. Uh-huh. Yeah, like it's weird. Yeah. But like, and like she liked him in this too. She's like, I mean, she like it's like Affleck is starting to grow on her for some reason in his old age. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so I, I highly recommend it. I did watch the uh, latest uh, Fantastic Beasts. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Did you see that? Not yet, no. I liked it. Yeah. I think I liked it better than the first one. Really? Oh, yeah. And uh, I was uh, a little concerned about Depp. Yeah. Um, I was really concerned about Depp. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like... Yeah. <laughs> from an acting standpoint. Right. I didn't know what he was going to do. Right. He's sort of like the Will Smith on the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, because, I mean, it's, especially, I mean, here's the thing. Like, we know Johnny Depp is a very good actor, uh-huh. but lately he's become that guy who does the kooky character because yeah. I mean, of Jack Sparrow, and then he did fucking Tonto. And, and Wonka. And Wonka. Yeah, I mean, he's a, you know, yeah. I mean, he's become, he's gone from being a very good actor to being like a kooky character. Not this. Yeah, like I, from what I saw in the trailer, I wasn't too worried about it. it Not very, at all. It seemed very grounded and kind of evil. Oh, he was. Yeah, and he was incredible. Yeah, like <clears throat> I um, I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, like he was a real draw yeah. for me. Um, like he was really, really, really good. Yeah, like there was none of that crap. Yeah, you know what I yeah. mean. Um, he played the part to me perfectly. Yeah. Um. So anyway, um, but I did like the film. Yeah. I, I thought it was much much darker. Yeah. And uh, especially the end was like brutal. Yeah. Um. But it was a great film. I yeah. I mean I really highly recommend this film. I'll tell you where my concern was. Wow. And I, I mean, I haven't seen it yet, but like my concern is always, I'm not a big fan of Jude Law. Oh, man. And like taking on the role of a younger, um, uh, I can't think of his name though. Dumbledore. Dumbledore. Mm. Like kind of had me concerned. No, no concerns. Okay. I, but I'm a Jude Law fan. Yeah. But um, I had no, I, I actually liked 
I like the fact that uh, he was yeah. um, Dumbledore. Um, yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Um, I, I had no... He was un- unbelievable. Yeah. And it wasn't like... It really wasn't a lot of Jude Law in it. Right. Do you know like, that, I didn't think there at, was. On this one. Yeah. I, I'm sure later on Going there will. Going forward, it will be, yeah. Um, but I liked him as Dumbledore. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I, I liked the whole time period. I, I it was just it was just really good. Right. It, and it kept moving. Like it, it never to me it never lulled. Right. You know, it just kept going and going and I, I appreciate that, believe yeah. me. Yeah. Um but yeah, I loved it. I found it fascinating. Yeah. Mm. Shot. Shot very, uh, very good too. Yeah. Um. So. Exactly. Like, like with Jude Law, it's always like, like I like him as Watson in the the Sherlock Holmes movies that he did with uh, Robert Downey Jr. Like I think he's a good foil for that. Yeah. Because as compared to you know how Downey's playing mm. Sherlock. Um. But like other than that, like I can't think of like anything like I really liked him in. You know what I mean? Like it, it, he's not an actor like I, I really think of. No. Like in like, like the only other thing I can think of that I like, even remember him in is like you know. AI. And that's you know not exactly a complimentary role. No. You know what I mean? No. He you know, was I mean, just so good in this. Yeah. I think another thing about Jude Law in this mm-hmm. was uh, uh, he had a beard. Yeah. Which, you know, of course, made sense. Yeah. But I mean, like, it was it was a, yeah. more of a close beard. It wasn't yeah. like you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. He doesn't have the long father double, double time beard. beard. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was. I don't know. It was it was good. Yeah. I, I I'm, I'm telling I'm you. I'm not doubting it. I'm just like. Because like, it leads me to, like, I went and saw... Well, he was just in Captain, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, which I saw today. And again, like, it was one of those things where it was like, yeah, I'm not that huge of a Jude Law fan. How much of a role is he going to play in this, and am I going to like him? Yeah. You know what I mean? And, uh... I mean, he was okay. I mean, I, I mean let's get into it a bit. Hugo. Huh? He's in Hugo. Yeah. Repo Men. Of course, Sherlock Holmes. I was just looking. Yeah. You know, a lot of films. I'm sure <laughs> Sky he's Captain. Oh, Sky Captain. He, he wasn't. He wasn't. <clears throat> Road to Perdition. Yeah, he was like that. Yeah. Enemy at the Gates. Yeah. I forgot he was in Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. I like that movie a lot. <coughs> mm-hmm, that's a good movie. Yeah. Very underrated, in my opinion. Yeah. <coughs> Coffins. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but so, um, but yeah, I, so, I I I highly recommend okay. this. One. Yeah, I I I think I I'm pretty sure I like this better than the first one. Okay, okay. And it, and I may, a lot of it had to do with Johnny Depp. Yeah, yeah. Believe I can't even believe I'm saying that. Yeah, because I was so anti Depp for a while. Yeah, and uh, man, when I saw him in this, I was like, mm-hmm. Yeah, welcome back, sir. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. 
even though he had the white hair and the face, and he's the, acting. He's not and the he, uh, eye and everything yeah. like that. It, yeah, it was man. Yeah, yeah, man. Okay. He was good, dude. Good. Yeah, he like brought me back. Yeah. So good. So we'll get to see some more of him. Yeah. And I, I think I'm just in, uh, intrigued by the story. I mean, there's a story here. Yeah. That, that they're trying to tell. Right. Throughout these films, and you know, you don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. And there's a lot of reference in it. Yeah. Uh, there's not too much reference, I, I don't think, to where you won't catch on. Yeah. Um, but there are some things that, you know, you would not know unless you watched Potters. Right. Yeah. But even if you didn't watch Potters, it wouldn't make a difference. Right. Just little little nods. Yes. Little Easter eggs. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty good. So... So let's let's delve right into like you know, I said when you when you guys saw um, the next great superhero movie, <laughs> Goose the Cat. Nice. <laughs> no, yeah. Captain Marvel. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I I, I don't I don't I don't think I I, I, I jumped on it quite as hard as you did. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed the hell out of it. Yeah, you know what I mean like I, I think it's really well done. Um. I think the thing that I loved mm-hmm. the most was I was seeing scrolls on the screen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's like something I never thought I would see. Yeah, yeah. In my lifetime, I never thought I would see the scrolls, mm. And there they were. And, um, I mean, and Ben Mendelsohn has become kind of the, the go-to, quote-unquote, villain actor in a lot of these movies. I mean, you know, he was in Rogue One. He was in Ready Player One. Now he's in this. And I mean, it, it's... He was good. He was. He's very good. Yeah. You know, and uh, I, I liked it a lot. I I, I liked uh, I like Brie Larson as as, Kat, as as Carol Danvers. You did. Yeah. Yeah. Like I had no problem with her at all. I didn't either. You know, um, I thought it told a very good story. Uh huh. I, I I liked <laughs> the direction that it that it kind of took. The, the universe in like I, a lot of people are saying it's just a filler I didn't feel like I mean it doesn't like it tied into Endgame in a way yeah you know what I mean like I, I just I enjoyed it for what it was yeah I didn't I, like I said it, it was just a it was a good movie I will say this much I, 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 I damn near sallied up during the her standing up montage Okay. Like that, there's that montage, like, near the end of the movie where, like, you know, all you're ever seeing is her fail, her fail, her fail. Yeah, and yeah. Then she stands back up yeah. every time. And it's, I, I was like, it's like That's, that was good writing. Yeah, that was good writing, and it was, like, a good message. Yeah. Like, you know, every she's being doubted by every single person along the way in her life. But every time she's doubted, she stands back up. Yeah. You know, that was, like, a really good message. And like yeah, I, I was like you know I I damn near sallied up at that moment. I was like, oh damn, yeah. good. <laughs> that was rough, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because at, at that moment she needed to stand back up, and she did. And it was like so good. You know, yeah. I was like, oh shit, like that was a superhero moment that you waited for. Yeah, and it was there. Yeah, and it was definitely powerful. Yeah, yeah. 
and like if I had a daughter, that would be like I I can see where you grasp to it even more because of the you know, you having daughters and stuff. Where I can say I was like if I had a daughter, I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, right there, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, that was good. Yeah, I loved when she went into the space mode when the when the yeah. helmet came down and yeah, I I love that look. Yeah, that look period to me was like. That's right. Yeah, Nancy was like, like, at the end of the movie, she's like, I don't get the tuft of hair. Like, why? Why? I'm like, because in the column book, at one point, she has a mohawk. Yeah. And he's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Oh, that look was amazing <laughs> yeah. to me. Um, yeah, I, I have no complaints about this film. I mean, they introduce characters like uh, her friend. Yeah. Which is a character. Yeah. Um, the daughter. Yeah. Um, you know, there's sneak peek moments of you know when she's talking to her daughter yeah um will her daughter show up in endgame i i don't know i don't know yeah but that's a possibility right yeah um so there's a lot of or will the mom show up i mean we don't yeah. know i mean so right. i mean there's a lot of things there just in endgame but as far as a movie itself i thought it was pretty good um it was a twist on the scrolls but it could be just that faction of the scrolls well, i you know what I mean? It could be just this small group of scrolls. Right. Well, I mean, I, I mean, spoiler alert. We're, we're going to spoil the movie a little bit here. Yeah, all the way. Right. I, the thing I had trouble with, like, during the movie that I, I was having trouble justifying was, you know, in the movie universe in particular, like, we're told the Kree are, are the bad guys. Yeah. You know? And so it was like... I'm having a hard time understanding why they'd be the good guys in this. And right. then you get that twist <laughs> yeah. with the scrolls where it's like, no, they're not. They're really the bad guys. But like at the same time, I'm also like, well, man, scrolls are usually pretty evil too. <laughs> you know? They are. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's like one of those things like, like the, the Kree skull rule war in the comic books is like, eh, let's let them fight it out. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But where like in this, it, it's it much was, different, but, but there it was, was really well done. Right. And there was a different play on the, on the scrolls. Yeah. Like I, I, I wouldn't consider this... I mean, this was a small group of scrolls. Right. You know. But, like, what they were saying was they were basically chased off their home world by the Kree. Correct. So, in a way, that they're not the villains... Right. ...that we know from, from the comic books. But there's always that possibility they could become that. Sure. You know. Sure. I mean, I get yeah. that. But, but still, like, it, it, it was a really well done, like, from a storytelling standpoint because it's playing on... In a way, it's playing on what I already know as a a fan of these stories, and even like as a, like e even if you follow the movies a bit, you're like the Kree. You know, aren't they also at war with Xandar? Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like you know, and Ronan showing up. I'm like, he's just flat out evil. Yeah, but you know? I mean, like it all starts to make sense once everything right. starts flipping. Right. Yeah. Like when 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 you get that moment where it all flips on his head, you're just like. Oh shit! They played me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Oh, seeing Ronan back though. Oh. Yeah. I got chills right when that happened. I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. He was like, when they were like for the tesseract, no, the woman. Yeah. Oh, that's badass. Yeah. <laughs> Badassery going oh, yeah. on right there. <clears throat> but um which only makes you hope like the sequel is her and him oh yeah you know oh when she went through that ship oh yeah oh oh yeah 
<laughs> intense. And and in a rare Which really shows her power. Right. Well, and what became funny to me was like, of all people to say this, it was Nancy mm-hmm. who was like, I feel like she hasn't fully tapped her potential yet. Mm-mm. And I'm like, no, she hasn't. And it's like, so by the time we get to Endgame and she shows up on Earth, she better be a bad motherfucker. Oh, yeah, she, she will be. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I was like, are, are you Nancy? Or, you know? <laughs> well, she's a bad motherfucker now. Yeah, yeah, this she, is just the beginning of yeah, her. That's what I mean, like, she, she is the most powerful being in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Because she's imbued with the power of the Tesseract. Right. You know, so yes, I mean, and you're right. She's only tap, tapping that potential in this movie. Mm-hmm. Which, but like coming from coming from Nancy, right. of all people who's like, like she's like Black Widow's bullshit. But Captain Marvel, I'm all in. <laughs> right. When she decimated that ship, it was oh, unreal. Yeah. And, and just the view of it too. Yeah. Inside and outside. From, yeah. Because they gave you both shots. And then when she like just stand like like floating in front of Ronan's ship, like. What? Yeah. What else you got? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, let's just turn this shit around. We'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he knew he's beat. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. <laughs> really good stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a fucking excellent film. I, I never felt that it dragged. No, because it was telling a good story. Yeah. That's always going to be the case. Like... Again, like, we we talk about it over and over again, like, you know, the comic book bubble is going to burst at some point. Not if you keep telling good stories. Right. Like, as long as you're telling a good story like this, this, this told a good story, they're going to be able to keep making the movies. And the villain was good. Yeah. Villains. Yeah. You know? And the comedic relief by Samuel Jackson and that cat really oh, fucking yeah. made the movie for Oh, me. yeah. It was fucking great. I mean, it didn't even need it. But it just added so much to it, yeah. and I didn't. And it, like when I was saying, like it didn't come across like Thorish. Yeah, it was very innocent. Yeah, like it was like, uh, let's just break the seriousness right now. Yeah, uh, let's just break it again real quick, just like, to keep everybody on their toes. Like that moment, like when they're in the ship heading up to try to find Marvel's lab, and um, Ben Mendelsohn's like. You really shouldn't have that thing on your lap like that. <laughs> I was like, "What? It's a kitty cat." You know? He's <laughs> like, "No, no, <laughs> no." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then it's funny how he knew what it was. Yeah. But uh, uh, I thought it was even funnier is when they were in space and the cat was like floating. Oh yeah, yeah. fucking great. The way he would fucking talk to the cat. As soon as he saw the cat, he just started yeah. talking to it. Yeah. You know. What's your name? Oh, your name is Goose. What a good name for you. Oh, that was tremendous. I always, I, as soon as it's, it's I, for some reason, when I was in the theater when they said Goose, I just immediately thought Top Gun. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. But um, it was just, I, that those moments with that cat were great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And uh, I just, I thought it was... And people were upset about his eye. And that's what happened to his eye. Nah, okay. It never bothered me. No. What do they expect? They, you know, yeah. bullet through the head? Yeah. You already saw him shot up. Yeah. Like and almost died. Yeah. I thought the cat scratch was pretty cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Not something you'd want to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. Then when Colson's like, I heard they were torturing you and 
That's when you're, uh, they, they took your eye. Yep, yeah, I, I can't either confirm or deny that. Great. <laughs> you know? Right. It's great. I like seeing Coulson. Yeah. You know, I thought that was cool. Yeah, that was a nice touch. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was just like, it was the beginnings of yeah their relationship. I thought they hit on that well. They didn't go too far into it. They just kind of, yeah, just a little nip. But there was a lot of little nips like that all the way through. But it also, like, it's enough to make you understand why Fury would trust Colston as much as he did. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all that was needed. Yeah. It was just not even clearing up, confirming a, a story. Yeah. That was already there that you knew. Yeah. Like, you knew he trusted him, but like, okay, this is why. Mm-hmm. You know. That's all you needed. I mean, but I I, overall, it 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 told a really good story. Mm -hmm. Um, I liked both of the uh, the 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 mid credit and the post credit scene. Yeah, I mean, the mid credit scene's great because it's oh, like you were just like, oh shit, yeah, okay, yeah, but like you're like damn, yeah, but then. I mean the 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 post credit scene with with Goose, yeah, hairballing it up. Yeah, yeah. The Tesseract, <laughs> yeah, of all things, of all things. Yeah, he's gonna hairball the Tesseract. <laughs> so <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, it was. I got a good chuckle out of that. Yeah, but yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah, I thought it was a great movie. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I mean, and I think it, it beautifully set up this character. For Endgame. Sure. You know. Uh-huh. Oh, I, I agree. Yeah. I, I completely agree. Even that little that little bit, like, you know, her, you know, her, her, um, her flight name was Avenger. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's like little shit like that. You're just like, there's okay. shit all over. Yo, yeah, there, there's shit all over the place. You're right. Also, the Stan Lee cameo. Oh, come on now. With the Mallrats script. Oh. Oh, that was tremendous. But that's, like, perfect. That was. That was fucking perfect. It's the perfect time. Yeah. It was perfect. <clears throat> yeah. It was. And he was playing himself, which was even better. Yeah. But it was just... It was perfect. Yeah. Like, if that... Would that be... That would be his last cameo. They've confirmed that he's going to have a cameo in, in Endgame. Uh-huh. And um, I believe they also said he's going to be in the Spider-Man movie. Okay. So I, I think that's... That's it, it. That's it then. But the cameo. Um, as, I, don't, I don't know about Dark Phoenix though. Oh god. Yeah. But as far yeah. as, but as far as cameos. Yeah. Um. Go. I mean, you know, the final ones. That yeah. was a good one. Yeah. And that's like that's some real props to Kevin Smith too. He didn't know. I'm sure. Like they never told him. Like he found out like watching the movie. Oh, I bet he sallied. He did. Did he? He did. He absolutely did. <laughs> Which is like touching. He's like, like, he's like, I had no idea. I'm watching a movie. He's reading my fucking script. I'm like, holy shit, I'm in the Marvel Universe? Yeah. <laughs> you know. That's but, cool as fuck, though. Yeah. I wonder, if I, I wonder if that was their idea or Lee's idea. idea. Probably theirs. Probably theirs. But Lee was like, okay. Yeah, you know, whatever you want me to do, Excelsior. Yeah, you know, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I've, I've, I saw a video where Kevin Smith like 
rolled a tear like you know i can't believe they you know i'm so honored that they would even just this little little thing oh it's all you it's all i needed you know yeah that's cool man. that is so uh anyway yeah it's a good film and this will bring us into our next subject but it the there were parts in this movie that ve- felt very gunnish to me james gunn yeah I don't know if you caught that or not. There were some moments in this film that were like, wow, that's really James Gunn-like. I don't, to me, it felt like that. Well, I, I think it felt that way because he he really created that cosmic universe. Yeah. More, you know, more than anybody else. I mean, I, I know like you could say, like, well, the first two, four, four movies. No. Nah. No. I mean, James Gunn kind of created that, that cosmic universe. Right. And so... All the rules and stuff were kind of like his, and I mean, I know Kevin Feige tried to downplay that, but there's clearly an influence. Oh yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, I, you know, James Gunn rehired by Marvel. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you knew it was coming. I wasn't sure if it would or not because he went to go go to DC. Yeah, but they said, "Go ahead and do your DC project and come back to us." Yeah. Well, probably because a lot of the actors on Guardians of the Galaxy are like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Right. Like, what? I, I just, I think it... I, I, Plus some probably big dogs probably stepped up for him. Well, I just, I feel like... It just it shows the overreaction Marvel made in firing him in the first place. Disney. Disney, yeah. No, I know, but it's... Right, Disney-Marvel. I know, but yeah, I would say mostly Disney. It was probably yeah, it was mostly a Disney decision. Yeah, so it has to be mostly a decision Disney's decision to bring it back as well. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I mean they just they made a huge like they they understood the huge mistake that they made in this overreaction. Mm-hmm. Like if they had just come out in, in a statement and said we are well aware of what James Gunn said eight years ago in these tweets. Yeah. And we've discussed it with them at length before we hired him to do the first Guardians movie. Yeah. And we are confident that the person he is today is not that person who would have done that. Right. And we stand beside him. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You know what I mean? Like, I I mean, I think you're right. I I think, like, the cast's reaction, like, David Batista saying, like, "I, I, I won't do it. Yeah. You know, I, I think, and a few of the others were kind of like, yeah, I don't know either. You know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, there was well, a they lot love of, them. I, yeah. From my understanding, the oh, whole yeah. cast He's, loves them. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I feel like there was just a lot of people who were just like, you know, yeah, uh, I don't know if we're going to do this or not now. Yeah. You know, and I mean, you're talking about at this point a, a multi-million dollar franchise in the Guardians by themselves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I mean that that, that franchise by itself is 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 worth you know all the d- golden duck eggs you can get. You know, yeah. Uh, so I mean, I think Di- I think Disney did two things. I, one, they were saying, "Well, we're keeping the script that Gun did. That's the script we're using." But I also think they just they couldn't find somebody who would be probably willing to take his place. Right. I think I think I'm willing to bet they conducted a search 
and they could not find anybody who could either A, do the job, or B, willing to do the job because of who they were replacing and why they were replacing them. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason why. Like, everybody's kind of like, well, Disney knew what they were doing. They just had to wait for the, everything to cool off. No. I think this is Disney coming back with their tail between their legs a little bit saying, well, we got to bring you back. Yeah, we fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Because no one else can do this. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, and then to sit there and say, well, we're going to let you work for Warner Brothers first, and you can come back in, in your time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah they, I mean, big dogs don't play like that. No. No. Not at all. Especially their competition. Right. Yeah. You go ahead and work on this this project for, you know, DC Comics, you know, and knock that shit out of the park, and then you can come back and work for us again. Yeah. You know. Really? He'll come back and do Guardians. Well, he said he will. I'm absolutely positive. He, he's already said he'll do it. Yeah. I mean, and he, he, he released a statement saying that he was, you know, very happy to come back and, you know, and work on finishing this trilogy that he started. And uh, he was looking forward to doing it. But first, he has to do this first. And, you know, I was just like, it, it was a very gracious statement. It was. It was. I mean, where, I mean, he could have taken a shot like, you know, you motherfuckers, I told you so. You know, yeah. and he was just like, "No, thank you so much. I appreciate the the opportunity." And you know, I want to believe he's a really good guy. I think he is. I think so too. Because I've seen interviews with him. And yeah. Read articles. Yeah. You know, he's a pretty good guy. Yeah, I, I have no doubt in my mind. I mean, I mean, for Chris Pratt to go to bat for him, and. Let's face facts. If there's if there's any two people on different sides of the political spectrum, it's James Gunn and Chris Pratt. Yeah, you know what I mean. Agreed. And for Chris Pratt to go to bat for him like he did, yeah, and say, you know, I back James Gunn. That says a lot to me. Yeah. Because again, these are two guys on very different sides of the political spectrum, and. They have nothing but love and respect for each other. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that that's what says a lot to me about it. You know, so. And Groot. What Groot's no, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Groot's statement was, I am Groot. I am Groot. I am Groot. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, so that's pretty exciting stuff. Yeah. It's actually, I'm happy to hear it. Yeah. It's so much. Kind of relieved. Because well, I, mean, I, I couldn't imagine anybody else doing Guardians of the Galaxy. Seriously. Yeah, like, I, I would, you know, when you... You just won't have those James Gunn moments. No. You know? No, you won't. You're right. You're absolutely right. Like, thinking from the first one, there were some James Gunn moments, especially with the music. Yeah. Like, the music was always key, right? Yeah. In, in the first one. You know, the interaction between him and Gamora I mean there was some key moments with that music but those were like you know I just call them gun moments you know like it's just it's a feel good moment you know there were some in the second one too but mostly that Yondu part up in the air was that was all James Gunn yeah I mean that was just and then like I mean the the, the song I still can't get over that part when they're in the air I I can't I almost shed a tear even talking about it because it's it's one of the best scenes I've ever seen in my life it is Ever. In yeah. any movie I've ever seen. I'm talking like 
you know. Yeah, I mean that, from, that line. From he, Clark Gable to now. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, in that line, he may be your father, but he ain't your daddy. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, that's that's rough. It is. I mean, it's it's just one of the best lines ever done. The way it's yeah. filmed, him holding him. Yeah. And the whole scene afterwards, when he's like, yeah, trying to, you know, yeah, oh, oh, it's tremendous. It's heart wrenching. It is. But it's. It's one of the best scenes in movie history. Yeah. Out of any movie I've ever seen, that's probably one of the best scenes I've ever seen. I'm serious. I, I agree with you because I, I mean, and that gets followed up with like that, you know, when he get when he gets the um, the the zune, and he's playing that song, and you know, baby Groot's with him, and it, I mean, it's about fathers and sons, and it's just like, yeah. And then the funeral, I, I mean, that whole that whole ending, like after, I mean, it's tremendous. I mean, if you're not in tears during right. that whole thing. Like, you don't have a soul. I know. You know, you know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's and, upworthy. Another James Gunn moment. In the first one, when Yondu finally opens the ball and the trolls there. Yeah. That's another gun moment. Where yeah. It's like, man, that is some good writing. You know what I mean? It's just some really good writing, film writing. Right. It, it really is. Another gun moment is when they're all holding hands. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know that's iconic in a way, but I mean, like, yeah. he 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 delivered that, you know. Where like, you know, that was yeah, it was incredible, incredible chills I mean, all over. And, that's and, why and, Guardians and, of the Galaxy ranks so high for me in Marvel. Right. And like when when Ronan's like, you know, how is this possible? It's because we're the Guardians of the Galaxy, bitch. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's that's fucking good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just fucking great. Yeah. When he's like fucking dance off, bro. I mean. Fucking incredible. Well, even at the end of that, though, like... Oh, dance-off is the best. When, like, Rocket's, like, by himself, like, he's sitting there, and he's, like, holding, like, the little bits of, like, what's left of Groot, and Drax, like, pets him on the head, and at first he, like, 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 ducks, like, and then he lets it go. Yeah. Because, like, Drax is... Comforting like, him. Yeah, it, it, was, it was like it was like little moments that Gunn does so well like that. Yeah, it just, but they're all throughout his film. Yeah. Throughout the whole thing. And so I just, I don't know. I just love the director. Yeah. And screen, you know, and the writer. I mean, it's just, he's written, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's just done so well with these films. Yeah. <clears throat> was it as good as the first one, the second one? No. But there were some good moments in that second one. But it's still very good. Oh, yeah. I'm not denying yeah. that it's not yeah. good. Yeah. It's just not as good as that first one. I think that the, the first one just had more... Better soundtrack overlay. Yeah. To what they were, to the story that he was telling. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Right. Like, the music was very much, right. it was more involved in the first one than it was the second one. Yeah. But it was involved because of the mixtapes that his mother did. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, or the mixtape. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, it was really cool that, I don't know, it's just... I was just hoping for more in the second one from that soundtrack. And I, it just didn't quite deliver. I don't know why. Maybe I just didn't like the songs as much. Maybe, that. yeah. I don't know. But like, even like, the, but like, I mean, the thing, nice thing is like, the, even the way like, he tied it in, like there's that moment where, um, you know, Kurt Russell's talking to him about that song. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and he tied, I mean, that's really well done. Yeah. And, and that was kind of like a theme throughout the movie was like that one song. Yeah. You know, so. Man. Yeah, they were both good movies. Yeah. 
They rank very high for me. It, me too. Yeah, I agree. I just, I, it's because of, of Gunn. Yeah. You know, I... I mean, the casting's really well done. It, it, they both tell very good stories. But you're right. Like, it, it, I think James Gunn's the right guy for that movie. Yeah, he just... He delivers on all points. Yeah. I mean, there's... You've just created a... Um, this space element in Marvel. Yeah. You've created this whole universe. Yeah. Um, which is cool as fuck. And they're going by your standard. Right. Um, you're delivering tons of comedic relief in it. Yeah. But not... It's not too overbearing. Right. Um, you have the definite romantic story involved. Yeah. You know, it's just... It, there's really good elements. And then this. how much input does he get into... Um, Infinity War. Yeah. Because of... I mean, I know they went to him and they asked him, okay, what song would they be listening to? Like, what what would be... You know, and he, they picked Rubber Man. But, like, there were a few songs he wrote. Like, I, I, I know there was like an Ace Freely song. <laughs> yeah. they lot, I mean, there was a bunch of different songs and they, they went with Rubber Man for that entry. You know, mm. which is like... When you think about that movie, it's one of those iconic moments. You think about them all... In the cockpit of the, of the ship and all singing Rubber Man together. That's like one of those, like... Yeah, yeah. From that movie, it's one of those odd moments. It's, it's But it's so Guardians. It's so James Gunn. Yeah, but it has to be there. Yeah. Like, it's... <clears throat> that's where that movie did so well is because they brought these elements in and you were like, how are they going to do this? Right. Because when you watch Guardians versus Cap versus Spider-Man... Yeah. It's three different, completely different elements. Right. You know? And, like, it's, I mean, like, like, how much input did James Gunn give the Russos in in writing those Guardian scenes? He had to have had some input. Yeah. Yeah, he had to have. Like, like you know, because it, it still felt very gunnish. A lot of it. Oh, yeah. Like, the whole thing with Groot and... Yeah. You know, I mean, that, that, that I, like, I can't see James Gunn just letting that go. Yeah. Like giving that away. Like these are my babies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. So The, the sensitive side with Rocket and Thor. Yeah. Of Rocket was, you know. Yeah. He was being a captain. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. That was gone. It yeah. Had to, had to dude. Yeah. You know? Oh, man. And the part when they were in the fucking casino. And Rocket's going crazy. Oh, yeah. That was another moment. Yeah. I mean, that was that was pretty... From a Rocket standpoint, you almost teared up. Yeah. You know, tell them, tearing apart and ripped apart and put back together. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. 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 Fuck, man. Man. So, I'm glad he's back. As am I. Yeah. As am I. Which leads us to <clears throat> the trailer for Endgame drop this week. Yeah. What did you think of that? It was good. It didn't give away too much. No. I did check out the suits that they were wearing. I don't yeah. know if they were chamber suits to go into the... Yeah, I'm not quite... I mean... They're all wearing the same fucking suit. Yeah. So... They're going somewhere. Yeah. You know? Exactly, yeah. And the only thing that connects to that is Ant-Man. I mean, 
You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, right. So I don't know if they're going into the quantum realm. I don't know where they're going. Yeah. With them suits, unless those are the new space suits. Yeah. Yeah. Are they going into space after Thanos? Yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know either. I mean, yeah, it gave away nothing. It, uh-huh. told, it told. There was something I found interesting though. What's that? And I don't know if I, I didn't see this anywhere. I haven't done any research into it, but. The th- one thing I caught in that trailer, and I, I rewatched it a couple of times just to make sure I was seeing it right. In all the flashback scenes, they're black and white. Okay. Except for anything that's red. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, if you look like like that, that scene where, you know, I mean, it's when Stark's talking about, his, you know, I feel like so long ago that I fought my way out of the cave, and he's, you know, in the, the <laughs> Mark One suit and... But there's a wire coming across, and it's the only thing that's in color is this red wire. Oh, that's cool. And then, like, um, <clears throat> when Cap was fighting, his gloves are red. Mm. And, and it's very subtle, because it's like nothing else on the screen, but you catch it's very subtle, his gloves are red. Um, that There's that scene of, of Asgard, and the flags in the distance are waving, and they're red. Hmm. And Thor's cape is red. Red. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, but you only see like a little bit on his shoulder. Yeah, yeah. You know, so there's like, there's like these little subtle things. I don't know if that means something or not. Like I feel like it would mean something. What What is the importance of this color red? There's also red on the quantum realm suits too. Right. I'm, but, I know that's not a flashback. Right. But I'm just saying that it's red and gray. Yeah, but it was just it was an interesting. Silver. It was an interesting thing to me. Like in all of these flashbacks, like there's a flashback with um, Black Widow and her you her. You know, it, everything's black and white, but her hair is red. Yeah. You know, so like of all this stuff that's being shown, why is the color red important? Yeah. I don't know. Like, it, you know, but I noticed it because it, it's it's the only color you see in those black and white scenes is any is, mm. is something that's red. Yeah. You know. I don't know. Yeah. I make it red. No, I I don't know. <laughs> make it red. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I don't know why. Yeah. But it was a good trailer. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I mean, it showed you nothing over. I mean, there was a nice little scene. I don't think I saw Hulk in the trailer, though. No. You I saw a Banner. Yeah, you saw Banner. You haven't seen Hulk. Yeah. Red Hulk. <gasps> no. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. Yeah, me too. Um, Be cool, though. I... I, I like I like the scene where you saw like you know Hawkeye teaching his little, his yeah. daughter the bow, and then Ronan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> a lot of people are going nuts about Hawkeye with the with the the mohawk. Why? Well, who cares? Who like, the fuck cares? He looked good with it. And then what's his name trying to talk him into? It was apparent that he was yeah. trying to talk him back into. Hey, yeah, come on back. Yeah, there's only a couple of us left. Yeah. <laughs> We gotta get the band back together. Yeah, you know, but y'all, oh, I mean, like I'm a Jeremy Renner fan as, oh, me a, too. as an actor, and I love him as Hawkeye. And a lot of people are like the guy shoots bow. I mean, shoots an arrow. Who cares? I mean, oh, it's he, Jeremy Renner, man. First off, he addresses it in the second movie. He's like, my specialty is I shoot bow and arrow. Mm. You know, but I'm going out there because I'm an Avenger. You know, you can stay here, and I'll send somebody to get you. But if you walk out that door, you're an Avenger too. You yeah, know, I mean, it's like a great speech he gives Scarlet Witch, 
And, you know, and then she comes out all badass. And he's just like, oh, thank God. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because he's, he's, he's just a guy with a boat. And, like, like, and even that moment, like, when he gets, he's like, he's in the, the boat. And he's just like, fuck. Oh, oh, there's one more kid I got to go get. Yeah. You know? And then, I mean, oh. Yeah, I know. And I, I know, I know Stork hates it. But the farm scene's amazing. Everything on the farm. Oh, yeah. That's one of the best parts of the movie. It's the best part of the Avengers, period. Including Thor stepping on the Lego. Yeah. That's great. Oh. Because what we he brought it down to to real real earth. Real yeah. time. Yeah. Me and you. Yeah. I mean, he just brought... He just broke it all down. Yeah. And took it to the farm. Yeah. I mean, that's essentially what he did. I right. mean, I mean, everything was like... Everybody became real. Yeah. And of the most least realistic person of them all, which is Thor, stepped on a Lego and he was out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, He's like, fuck, I can't do this. Right. I, mean, <laughs> I come from Asgard. Yeah. This is, what is this? Yeah. I mean, you know, he had something to do. But I mean, it made sense for Thor to leave. But right. even that made sense. Yeah. Him taking off. But like, I mean. It, the it's chopping just... wood scene. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I can't trust a guy who doesn't have demons. I mean, I mean, I, oh, it's so good. I mean, yeah. I mean, that that stuff is like why you love Joss Wheaton. Like, I mean, we we just gushed about James Gunn and the stuff he does. I mean, I'm sorry, that is a, like quintessential Wheaton. Sure, breaking them these characters down uh-huh. from the gods upon Olympus that they are uh-huh. to being these mere mortals who have these problems and have to work that shit out. That the Russos then took and made civil war with. Yeah, like you can't have civil war without that farm scene. No, you know, even the 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 conversation between Hawkeye and his wife. Yeah, about the guys. Yeah, and oh, by the way, I get some Linda Cardellini in that scene. <laughs> yeah, I can never get me enough Linda Cardellini. <laughs> right, you know, just for the record. But yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, like that conversation where, like, again, like he's the mortal. Out of all of them, including Scar- um, Black Widow, he's probably the least powerful of them all. Yeah. And he knows it. And it's like he's having his conversation and his wife's like, fuck, look at them. They need you. Right. You know? Good stuff. It is. It's great stuff. Yeah. Like, how you find that shit boring, I don't know. I'm talking to you, Stork. Yeah, that farm scene. But, but yeah, like the farm scene is amazing. Yeah. It wasn't that long either. I just I just think it's great storytelling. Yeah. Oh. There's a story for you. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was Yeah. Yeah, it was it was just funny we're talking about all these movies. Yeah. But hey, I mean But that's the news. I mean like you drop this trailer, which gives you these flashbacks. And this is the stuff you think about. Yeah. Especially when they're showing you, like, Hawkeye showing his daughter how to shoot a bow and arrow. Like, because yeah. you think, you go back to that farm scene. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's what you just, that's where it takes you. Yeah. Naturally, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. And, ugh. I know, dude. I'm yeah. telling you. I mean, and to see him, like, you know, full out Ronin is just, like, so badass to me. Yeah, if I can call her it. Oh. That's good, man. It is. God, I hope this movie delivers. 
I have no doubt it will. I know. I, I, I know. Just, like at this point, like at this point, I don't. You didn't. I know they had. They were going to release a trailer at some point. I was surprised they didn't release it before Captain Marvel. But then I understand why because of the last scene in the trailer. Yeah. Which I mean, fuck. You knew she was showing up anyway. Like why keep that? Yeah. Like we scene. all knew that she was going to be in the Endgame. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, that I mean, was known. Yeah, it was known. I mean, that's why they were releasing the movie, right? I mean, the, 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 that little snippet is fun, you know, with Thor, you know, bringing Stormbringer, and you're like, I like this one, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll bet you do, buddy. Man, Stormbringer <laughs> is so badass. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, man. It makes me want to watch Avengers again. I know. Seriously. I know. Especially when Thor comes in. That's what I want to see. Yeah. I mean, we've seen some wicked shit from Thor. We have. Yeah. I mean, in all the movies, there's always some good Thor shots. Right. Um, yeah, but his entrance in... Like, when he comes to the battleground of Wakanda... Yeah. You know. It's unreal. Oh, yeah. That and when he fucking put Stormbringer through Thanos. Oh, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And that is like, that is Thor. Yeah. I mean, that's Battle Thor. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that moment, that moment when he when that went through Thanos. And it, shows- saw, and it, sh- it showed it in his eyes. Yeah. I mean, he was there. Yeah. He wasn't like the goofball. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, what do you want me to do next? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. None of that. This was Battle Thor yeah. in a battle situation, defending the all the planets, a god. I told you I was going to kill you. Exactly. You know, I, but I mean, like, and it shows how badass Stormbringer is, because it's taking on the full might of the of the gauntlet. Yeah, I know. You know, you want to talk about what might be the most powerful weapon in the universe. It's in Thor's hands, maybe, because, I mean... It took that shit right in the face and said, fuck you, here I come. I know. I know. Man. Man, it's good stuff. Marvel's doing some good shit. Applaud to them, man. Applaud to them, exactly. Because, I mean, like, they, they have just movie after movie after movie is just... Good Lord, man. Yeah. I mean, every movie's good. Yeah. Seriously. I agree with For you. the most part. Yeah. I nine out of ten or whatever. Yeah. Are good. It's been a while since they had a true clunker. Iron Man three. We yeah. talked about that last yeah. time. But I mean but that's been a while. Like I mean, Yeah, it's been a while. Tell you the truth, I'd like to see another Iron Man movie. I wouldn't mind it. No, hey, I, it's not I wouldn't mind it at all. I wouldn't mind it at all, yeah. A good one though. A good one though, yeah. <laughs> but um I think they're too far into it to even do one. But um, just every, I, I look forward to every single movie. Now, I, I skip a lot of movies. Like, even um, as big of a Harry Potter fan as I skipped the last Fantastic Beast movie. Yeah. I didn't see it in the theater. Yeah. Um, which is a shame. I should have. Yeah, I wanted to. I just didn't have an opportunity. But I tell you, every Marvel movie that comes out, I see in the theater. Yeah. Every single one. Yes, it's been a while since I said I didn't see that in the theater. Yeah. 
I mean, I've passed over some movies that I probably should have seen. Yeah. But I never pass a Marvel movie up. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Think about when we started this podcast. Yeah, I mean, you're talking close to six years now. Yeah. You know, and Marvel's been doing it for, you know, almost 11 now. Yeah. So, (laughs) you know. But who would have thought we'd have ever been here? Like in our podcast history. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like no. coming to this point. Well, I mean, the thing to remember is like when... We, here's the thing to remember. When we started this podcast, that's when Disney bought Marvel. Mm. Or no, mm. that, no, no, no. That's when Disney bought Lucasfilm. So, and they had just acquired Marvel not too long after. Yeah. So we, we were already talking about like, well... Look at how well Marvel, Disney has done with Marvel and letting them do what they do. We should have faith that they can do the same thing with Lucasfilm. Right. You know, so that, that's the, the conversation we were having within the first 10 episodes of this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Was Disney buying Marvel. Yeah. That's nuts, huh? Or not Disney, Disney buying Lucasfilm, I mean. Right. So, and we, and we were already like, you know, they're doing a good job with Marvel. Yeah, we're, remember we were joking about the ears and everything else. Oh yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I just hope they keep it going. <laughs> yeah. And good lord, once they get a hold of X Men, who knows what's coming? Yeah. Hopefully they'll just shelve the Gambit movie. Yeah. With uh, yeah. Channing. Ch- yeah, Channing Tatum. Get someone real in there. Yeah. No offense, Channing Tan, but you're just not Remy. Yeah, you're not. <laughs> you're not at all. But, I, yeah, you're right. Like, I, and I, I think it's very interesting. Like, like when do they introduce the Fantastic Four? You know they're going to do it. Yeah. And that's going to be a really tough sell for Marvel to do. Marvel Disney. Yeah. It is. It's going to be a hard one for them to do because it has failed so many times that they... I you know I was wondering about that the other day. I was like, are they going to introduce them like in a film first? Like kind of like they did with Black Panther and Spider Man. Yeah, or are they going to go on full movie? I I think they should introduce them into a film first. I don't think saying you know another trailer with the fucking Johnny Torch doing the four and the ring and. Well, here's something I've, I, I I heard a rumor of, and it's just speculation. Put some pants on thing. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, but I mean, they're talking about like in the next Doctor Strange movie, introducing Namor. No way. Boom. Really? Yeah, you want to have a mind blown when I read that? I was like, fuck. Holy shit! I mean, if you go Namor, Damn. You, you know that that's going about as deep as you can get. Yeah. You know. Wow. Yeah. I watched that the other day, too. That was a good film. What? Namor? No. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, okay. Yeah, but what that's... What do you see Namor in? Not, Namor. That's... Wow. Yeah. He would have to put pants on somebody. Man, I... Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, he can't show up with wings on his feet, you know, in a Speedo. No. <laughs> no. No Speedo in the Marvel yeah. Universe. Yeah. No, but... Uh, wow, Namor. Yeah. Um, 
Wow. You, you got me with that one. <laughs> it's not, it, it's mind-numbing to think that you could see somebody playing Namor on the big screen. It's mind-numbing to think that. I want to see... I'm telling you, this is what I want to see. Now, I mean, I have true faith that they will do well with um, any X-Men that come... Whatever realm they want to devolve... When they get into the X-Men, and they will. Yeah. I mean, the X-Men's a huge franchise. Huge. Right. So they will tap into it they have eventually. To. I think they're going to wait a while. I, I think they have to. Right. But I think they will tap into the X-Men, which I'm excited about. Don't get me wrong. Because remember, that's what I read, the X-Men and Spider-Man. Right. Um, and I think they will tap into that. But by God, man, I want to see Surfer on screen. Yeah. I do. I, it's just He's so magical. Like... And I want to see a real Galactus. Oh. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. Seeing that fucking Titan up there? Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, I mean, that would be, like, badassery. But see Galactus. Yeah. Not some fucking cloud form. None of that bullshit. No. See Galactus. Yeah. Purple. Fucking. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. But I really want to see Surfer. Yeah. I do. I... You got a small glimpse of what it could be. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that Disney can make him that much better. Yeah. I do. I just like the character. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't. I, yeah. I've always been, like, fascinated with Surfer. I, You know, he's just a... I don't know. He's just a cool being. Yeah. Um, but I do want to see Surfer. Um, I like the Fantastic Four. I do. I, I I wasn't a huge reader of four, but I did buy comics of four. Right. And I know four, and I know the history, and you know, yeah, I know all that stuff, and and it just breaks my heart every time they make a movie that's just so bad. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I would love to see Disney take the reins and just make a, a for real good Fantastic Four. Yeah. And a really good Doctor Doom. Yeah, well, I mean, we we've discussed Doom. I know a, a hundred times. I'm not going show. there. Yeah, you're right. I'm but just I saying. Like, but yeah, you're right. We've got to see a Doom that <laughs> is on that Thanos level. Is on that Loki level. Loki level. Yeah. I mean, like he should be the villain that you want to see come back time and time again. Yeah, and you're not going to get sick of. Yeah, you know. Like, you almost root for him in a way. Correct. Because he's that charismatic. You're not going to beat him with a fucking fire hydrant. Yeah. Sorry. Not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You know. I agree. Doom would never have been beaten by a fucking water fire hydrant. Yeah. I'm sorry. Right. It's just not going to (laughs) happen. You know what I mean? Right. But I want to see a good Ben Grimm. I want to see this. I want to see the thing is the thing. Yeah. I honestly think that's the only thing they've ever gotten right. Yeah. I honestly do. Like, I, I think in, in, you know, I think CGI could have been better. Well, I mean, but the problem is he wasn't CGI. He was in a suit. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they weren't CGI in uh, Michael Chiklis. But I think, like, he was a guy who... But he was a good actor to play Ben Grimm. He, he was a very good actor to play Ben Grimm. And he got the character. He liked the character. He wanted to play the character. And he played it right. You know. 
So, like... But it's funny who played the other characters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who the fuck thought Jessica Alba would be, like... Good. I don't know. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things, like... I, I just... You're right. Like, I, I'd like to see it done right. Because, I mean, they're the first family. Yeah. You know... You want to talk about the, like the backs of what oh. Marvel's built on? Mm. The Fantastic Four, definitely that foundation. Oh, for sure. You know. Oh yeah. Definitely. You know. I completely agree with you. Yeah. And I think that's maybe that's why I want to see a movie about the four that's good. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be out of place. Like right. a lot of people argue that. A lot of people argue that the four is out of place, out of time. You know what I mean? Like, it's right. kind of like, eh. It's passe. Yeah, it's, it's doesn't matter. Look, we have Ultron. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, versus. But it doesn't have to be. You can always update the four to modern times. It's just, in in these past movies, movies they just failed. Yeah. And miserably. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you can update it to be a modern tale, but the, the, the aspect of the tale never changes, and that's the family dynamic. Correct. That's always going to be something that's always there. Maybe something for Gunn to look at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know. All right, so we've gotten uber nerdy. nerdy. <laughs> we have. Yeah, so. And that's good. That is good. One last quick bit. Okay. Um, you know, we're, we're in an age where a lot of older music is kind of being rediscovered by this younger generation. Okay. Um, you know, through like movies like uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. And um, there's a documentary coming out soon about Michael Hutchins. Okay. Those who don't know, Michael Hutchins was the lead singer of NXS. Mm-hmm. Uh, he died in 97 uh, of apparent autoerotic fixation. So, but if you've never heard In Excess, I feel sorry for you because they were an amazing band, yeah. in my opinion. I know you're not a big fan. They're okay. I yeah. Um, but with their, so they're doing this documentary called Mystify. Okay. Which is the name of one of their more popular songs. Right. And um, they announced they're going to be releasing a couple of tracks on the soundtrack uh-huh. that are... Never re- before released um, songs that Michael Hutchinson had recorded. Mm. So that's like one of those things that like makes me happy because like it's like so often like a lot of bands like or a lot of artists like they have a ton of music and like that was never released for whatever reason mm. and to make money like they put that shit out right. Yeah, like the. I mean, I think Tupac is still releasing albums. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, you know, like Prince has. I mean, they, they've oh. said like you know, at, at Paisley <laughs> Park, there's like you know years worth of material that they could be releasing. You know, um, but like other other artists, like I know, like right out Freddie Mercury did it on purpose, where before he died, he recorded as much music as possible. He wrote and recorded as much as possible. I think there was two albums they've released after his death. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but like from in excess, you've you've got nothing from them since he died. Right. At least from Michael Hutchins. I know they they did they did a tour with a new lead singer in the two thousands. Mm-hmm. Um, the lead singer's name was JD Fortune, and uh, it wasn't very good. <laughs> but they um. I just think it's interesting, and I, and I hope this introduces again this a younger generation of, of music fans to his music and their music because right. I, I I guess it's going to be interesting to see what I, I first going to be interesting to see a documentary because again like he it, it's he, yeah I know enough about him but unlike Freddie like people don't talk about Michael Hutchins I think I don't know if it's because of the way he died right like. "Quote unquote suicide," but he was found naked with a belt around his neck and a closet hanging. You know, you know. So yeah, you know. Uh, so, but it's like one of those things where, like, I, I, I hope Michael Hutchins kind of brought back into the spotlight a little bit, and in excess can get a day in the sun again. Yeah, you know, because I, I certainly think their music is very interesting, and the fact there's there's going to be two new songs on on that soundtrack make me look forward to it even more. Yeah, it should be good. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny how I wish more kids and younger generation would go back to the old stuff. Yeah. To get into old music. Right. You know what I mean? Maybe my girls do, but they're kind of, I don't want to say the exception. Well, I guess they are the exception of the rule. I mean, my kids know. Yeah, but. This isn't a, you know. You know, stand up on my soapbox and tell about my kids, but right, they have a deep catalog of their music. They taste. do. They, 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 I mean, they they appreciate a lot of newer <laughs> music, but they've also gone back to the, like the seventies and sixties, even with some of the music that they listen to. Yeah, I mean, fuck, one of them's playing mandolin to yeah. Led Zeppelin. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. I mean that's, but and especially Bowie. Yeah, but I mean they're. Their range is vast. Right. But I wish more kids would be like that, in a sense, that they would go back and listen to this early stuff that's just good. Well, the thing I... Not that Hutchins is that early, but... Right. Still, I mean, it's almost 25... 22 years since he died. Correct. Yeah. That's a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing I always found interesting was, like, okay, I like a band... Well, who influenced that band? Right. So I go back and listen to their who influenced them. Yeah. So like I mean that like listening to like the Rolling Stones took me back to like um Chuck Berry. Right. And I got the Chuck Berry because I listened to the Rolling Stones and he was a big influence on them. You know, there was stuff like that that like made me appreciate music that from far before I be I was even born. Because right. because like well you know, I listen to blues music because, well, they a lot of blues artists influenced Led Zeppelin, and I love Led Zeppelin. So, what what caused them to create this sound? Oh shit, this is really good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and that's how I went backwards in time. Right. And my, my dad always found that fascinating, and I would do that. Where, like, to me, it seems like a natural thing. Like, you know, if you listen to My Chemical Romance. Well, who influenced my chemical romance? Correct. You know, 
Because I want to find out how <laughs> you got that sound. Well, this is what who influenced them. Well, who, who influenced them? You know, like it, there's like a, a tree. Like I mean, it's like a family tree. You you Correct. start with this, and you just work your way down the branches till you get to the roots. Uh huh. And that's what they do. Yeah. My kid just asked me if, she, uh, if I wanted to go to a Black Flag concert with her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't. Yeah. I was like, what? What? <laughs> Black Flag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're Rollins fan. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, like, I get it, you know, so. But uh, it's but it's fascinating that, that, like, this younger generation are not discovering it that way. They're discovering <laughs> it via, like, documentaries and biographies. Right. You know, biographical pictures, I should say. My yeah. kids are buying Joy Division albums. Yeah, well. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I mean, like, yeah. that's what kids should do. Right. Is go out and outside of documentaries and go right. and, and, and do the research. Like, Wait, I, a perfect example. Another good example is, um, I don't know if I said this or not, but I won tickets to Corn. Yeah. Okay. Did I tell you that? No. No. So, I was on my way to work and X had a thing up you know call for tickets winner i was like okay so i called i won yeah the main thing is i won tickets to corn but the second band is allison chains oh okay okay (laughs) yeah you were just like holy shit yes um i like key bank yeah okay i like corn yeah I've never been a huge fan of corn. Yeah. Um, so, I would never go to a corn concert. Right. But, Alice in Chains, on the other hand, yeah, I would love to see. Right. And there's also a band that Anna wants to see as well. Right. One of the sub bands that are yeah. playing as well. And uh, I'm like, okay. And she was like, well, we can leave after Alice in Chains. Because she wants to see Alice in Chains, too. Yeah. Because they're both Alice in Chains fans. Right. Um, and I know it's not with him. Right. But he's a goddamn good singer. Yeah. The new lead singer they got is yeah, just... Yeah, it's, it's, it's not Lane Staley, but... But he's fucking good. phenomenal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they were like, eh, we can leave. Yeah. After Chains. Beat the traffic. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I would say I'm but, good with that. Yeah, I've seen corn, so yeah, I don't really need to see him again. I heard corn. Yeah. Well, because that was the concert. It was um, uh, a Project Revolution show. Yeah. So Lincoln Park was the headliner. Uh huh. And it was corn was the second act. Uh huh. Snoop Dogg was the third act. Uh-huh. Like, you want, first off, Snoop Dogg was fucking amazing live. Really? Yeah. Nah. I, hand to God. I, I had no expectations. Like, I, <laughs> I, mean, I knew Snoop. You know, I like I knew some of this, his music. I mean, you just, you just, you, it's like, you couldn't help but know yeah, yeah. Snoop. But, like, I had no expectations for Snoop performing live. And I mean, he had a whole crew there. Don Magic Wand was on straight on stage. Yeah. Had a big old, you know, pimp cup. Had you know, he was wearing green and yellow, green for the money, gold for the honeys. You know, I mean, a whole spiel going on. He's up there dancing on stage, waving his cane. It was fantastic. 
But he had a he had, he didn't have like a DJ. He had a flat out band. Really? Yeah. And that band kicked ass. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I was thoroughly impressed by the band he had, and it was an impress like seeing Snoop Dogg live like that was very impressive to me. I was. I mean, I wasn't blown away, but I was very impressed with how, like, he had a band and, like, the whole thing. And it was very impressive to see. I was shocked by that. Mm. But when Corn hit, you know, this was at what's now Key Bank. Uh-huh. And we, we were on the hillside. Yeah. We had lawn seats. There was fucking mosh pits everywhere. Yeah. So... I'm trying to protect Nancy so she can watch the show. So I didn't get to watch Corn. I got to hear Corn. Yeah. They put on a good show. Yeah. You know. It was, I mean. Corn has followers. Yeah. <laughs> do I respect them as music? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I do. I, it's just not my taste. No, it's not mine either. I mean, they, they put on a good show. I mean, there's some songs that they do that I like a lot. Mm. But, like, I would never go out of my way to listen to Corn. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. So that's that. So uh, let's go ahead and dip our Tony old mailbag. Mailbag. And as always, we start with our good friend, super fan Thad. Thad Rayson, hello, my two favorite hosts who like to stamp, who strap pickers in the into their. What? I have no idea. Okay. Anyway, Cleveland traded a first round and third round to, and their number one overall in 2017 to get Odell Beckham Jr. We traded a a b, and we got a third, a fifth, and a bag of used condoms. Boy, did Oakland get shafted. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, I am glad the Toxic Twins are now gone from the Steelers. So Bell holds out to what would have paid him $14.5 million, but he signs for the Jets for $52 million over four years. Hey, dumb shit. That equals $13 million per season. He must be getting used to the new... Math they are teaching the kids in, in school these days. Well, let's quickly address this. We, we, we kind of broke the news last week on the show. Mm. You know, Antonio Brown got traded to the Raiders for a third and fifth round draft pick. I think it's clear the Steelers were just, at that point, let's just get rid of them. Yeah. You know, and, you know, Bell does sign a contract. I think he's getting you know thirty million guaranteed, but um, <laughs> Dave Hawthorne. <laughs> wow. But uh, yeah, it's thirty million guaranteed, but you know, as Thad says, overall he's getting less per season than he would if he had signed what the Steelers were offering him. Yeah. Um. I I I think. I mean, Thad seems to think yeah. that these two were the problem. Right. And I tend to agree to a certain extent, 
But I also think, like, you know, there's more than just those two are the problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get it. Like, if I'm Antonio Brown, in, in my nine seasons in the NFL, I've only ever caught a touchdown pass from one player. Right. Now, in that time, there have been three other gentlemen that have taken snaps for the Steelers. Yeah. But none of them have been able to get you the ball. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you're, you're that's how badly you want it out. Yeah. You know, I, that says something to me. Okay. Like, I don't expect the quarterback to be buddy-buddy with everybody. Right. But, I mean, when South Allegheny great and former Penn State Nittany Lion Jesse James at his introductory press conference with the Lions goes out of his way to say, I needed to get away from all that fucking drama. Yeah. You know? Right. Come on, man. I mean, that says a lot. Oh, by the way, this is a guy who still went to Penn State while they were on suspension for the Sandusky thing. Yeah. Uh, You want to talk about, like, if that wasn't enough drama for him. (laughs) Right. You know. Yeah, yeah. But let's still go to Penn State despite all that horror shit. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, no, by the way. Yeah. This is a little too much for me. Right. Yeah, so. I, I, I just, I think, I feel like the local media has been too quick to defend Roethlisberger. Okay. And I think the national media has been too quick to blame Roethlisberger. Right. Like, I think there's... I definitely think Roethlisberger's an issue. Yeah. But, I mean... With Antonio Brown. Yeah. I I think with Bell, I think, for whatever reason, I just... I think he just went out of Pittsburgh. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know either. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, if... All I ever hear running backs talk about is feed me the ball. Right. Well, they fed him the ball. <laughs> they did. You know? Yeah. Like, I mean... Yeah, it wasn't... I, didn't, I never felt that it was... With here, with with Bell, it wasn't a point of the quarterback going, I'm just going to throw 55 times a game. With Bell yeah. in the game. Yeah. If Bell was in the game, he was going to get the rock. Yeah. Point blank. Yeah, I mean, you average touching the ball between 25 to 30, 30 times a game, either... Via handoff or, or a or pass. Cat, or a pass, yeah. Yeah. So I don't think it was yeah. Bell not getting the ball. You were Roger Craig-esque in this offense. You know? <laughs> right. I mean... I mean, you could have been a thousand thousand. I mean, you... Uh, yeah. You know? I mean, he... I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, like, I don't get why he wanted... Like, I know he thought he could get more money. I, I think he overestimated how much he could get in free agency. And when only one team was, like... Like, like when one team's, like, negotiating with you and nobody else is, and they say, well, this is our terms, take it or leave it, you know, 
you kind of got to say, okay, I'll take it, and then make up an excuse as to why you left. Right. Because Pittsburgh offered you a better deal yeah. overall. Oh, yeah. You know. No, I think it's sometimes it's hard to come back to swallow your pride a little bit. Too. Yeah. Because, I mean, I know Pittsburgh was hating on Antonio Brown, but they were hating on Bell, too. Well, I think the but hate... But not as much as they did on Antonio Brown. The hate, the hate came from, though... Like, he said early on, I'll hold out. But, like, players were under the impression he was coming, he would be there week one. Right. And we didn't show up week one, they got angry. Yeah. And then it was like, well, I'll be there when I need to be there. And he never showed up. And the player, like, the offensive line got pissed. Because it was like, nobody heard from him. It was, it was like radio silence. Yeah. And I think that I think that was the thing. Like, I think sometimes when you when you have that we're in the trenches mentality, yeah, and you're not here with us, you tend to take that out on somebody. Yeah, you know, I think that's what happened. Like, like what was it, week two or week three, where the all the offensive line were just like, "Fuck him." Yeah, you know, we don't need him. We're fine without him. You need to stay the fuck home. You know. Right. No, I get it. Yeah. Well, with Brown. I mean, with Brown, it's a whole other situation because, I mean, you do kind of say, you know, you don't walk away from your team. Yeah. That's what he did week 16, week 17. Yeah. Week 17, he walked away from his team. Yeah, he did. You know, and then, like, to get everything you wanted – you got, you got traded away. You got traded away to a team that negotiated a new contract for you. You know, you got everything you wanted. And the team that traded you away got a bag of magic fucking beans in return. Yeah. You know. It's crazy. Yeah. And when the Steelers had a deal, like they're like, we got to deal with Buffalo that we like. He's like, I ain't showing up in Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, he held the team hostage to the point that they, they had no negotiating power. Mm-hmm. None. You couldn't have gotten any. You, like, you could have got, in my opinion, you should have gotten a second and a fourth round pick for Antonio Brown. Minimum. Minimum. And more importantly, Oakland was a team that's got three first round draft picks. Three. Yeah. And you couldn't pry one of those away from Oakland. Right. But one. Yeah. Because you had no negotiating power with them. None. Because they they knew if you tried to trade him somewhere else and he didn't like it, he'd just say, I, I just won't show up. <laughs> right. I know. Who have the Steelers picked up? Dante Moncrief. Any good? No. Okay. All right. <laughs> I know they were, they've been getting some people. Yeah. Thad continues. I have used Uber many times when I have been away for work in Canada or even on my honeymoon. It's nothing like you described, Sean. No one talked to me unless I started the conversation. 
I had nothing but good experience with with Uber. You can see where your driver is at all times. In most cases, you click on the Uber app, enter your destination, you have a driver within two to five minutes. Well, fuck that, I say. I, I have no interest to, to get picked up by some yay who in their 1997 Toyota Corolla. Actually, that's not true. I know. They, they have like some sort of stipulation. Your car has to be so many years old. Yeah, it has yeah, to be. Still. Like a 2015 or something. Yeah. I'm, I'm still not still not down with that. <laughs> right. Showing up in my cutlass. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Yeah. Looking like the guy from Scrooge in a taxi. All right. <laughs> Coming up in your low rider. Da, 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 da. Right. You know. Going to Jersey. Yeah. I would never stay in an Airbnb. Fuck that. I would end up waking up with a horsetail butt plug in my ass. This time I did not pay extra for that. Sean, you like being abducted? No, I don't. That's why I don't travel. Remember that one time you put you paid me fifty dollars to knock nope. you out? No, no, no. Uh, that's it for Thad. Next up is a good friend or the Otter. Okay. Better known as Superfan Tim. Hey Pittsburgh Nerds. What's more depressing than a Tuesday lunch shift stripper in Vegas, you ask? One in the Keys rocks. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All too true. My least favorite Marvel movies have to be Iron Man 3, Thor 2, Thor 2, and for my unpopular pick of the week, Thor 3. I really hated the whole tone of that, ton that, that chuckle fest. When was Feige brought in to keep the continuity going? Was that early on or was it around Iron Man 3? He's been there since the beginning, my friend. Yeah. He's been there since Iron Man 1. Yeah. Like, they've given, like, the, the reins. Like, originally it was Favreau. Uh -huh. Then it was, like, as, like, kind of like... Like, it's like... The best way to describe it is, like, Feige's, like, the editor-in-chief. And then... Like, you had, like, a guy who was, like, meant to, like, guide the entire story. Favreau's still involved, though, right? He's, like, a producer. He still gets a producer credit on some of the stuff. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, like, he's an, I mean, he's an actor. He's in, he's in the next Spider-Man movie. Oh, I Yeah. But, but, I mean. Um, but, like, he's a producer and credit only. He's making his money. But yeah, he's yeah. making his money. Yeah. Yeah. He laid the groundwork. He has done some good work. Yeah. Joss Wheaton doesn't get mentioned. <laughs> yeah. Um, pack and go seems fine in that it takes all the pre-planning involved in a vacation. I guess, I don't know, I haven't been on a vacation in over a decade. <laughs> a long weekend somewhere maybe, but nothing proper. So pack and go would be cool if me and Beaver could agree on anything. That's my nightmare. I've got an idea. Instead of bottled water while you're in Mexico, we sell Americans here in the States bottled water from Mexico. You get a case of Mexican water a week before or so, your vacation, 
and allow yourself to acclimate to the local water sources. No. We could do it with the different all the different countries. Hell, why not hire the guy from Fire Festival to be the head of logistics? But I'm chi. You know, it's funny. In any country that I would go to in any country Yoda? Anything? <laughs> In any country that I would go to, I, uh, I would, I would, I would consistently drink bottled water. Oh, I don't blame you. I would never drink. I mean, I'm talking Europe, anywhere. Yeah, I would always drink bottled water. I love how Ian hates the desert. <laughs> Beaver used to have provisions, quote unquote, in the car when we lived out there. The whole car was full of half-drank bottles of water. <laughs> I don't know. It was like that. I know it was like that because she was, because she is lazy and would not take them out of the car. I yelled about it one time. Why does the car look like it came out of that shitty movie Signs? Nice. That was when she replied, "It's my provisions. It's the desert. What if I break down?" That's actually a good point. Good point. I have to agree with her on that. Ian is worried about breaking down and being stranded. We saw Eddie Vedder play in a Phoenix show once. It was like an acoustic show, but with some storytelling. He told a story about... How hot it was? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He told a story about being young and driving from San Diego to meet some friends in Phoenix. Batwing. (laughs) Breaking down in Gilda Bend, Arizona. Fantastic little town. He was stuck there like two weeks while they had to order the part. I mean, you have to go figure this was the 80s, not that long ago. Just funny how stuff actually happens. Yeah, it was apparently very hot. No interest. Crazy that, that about that billionaire dying from dick surgery. How cool would it be if there was a dick so big it scared you to death? Nuts. <laughs> nice. Only otter. Last week, I got a write-in from our good friend, the Mongoose. Nice. Better known as Anthony. And he writes in, Sorry, this is a bit of a catch-up. I thought Captain Marvel was really good. Some great parts in it. Mm-hmm. When she went full-on, was fantastic. Yep. Some great 90s indie music, too. And Brie Larson wearing the nine-inch nail shirt wasn't too shabby at all. No, it wasn't. But I have to say something about that. There should have been better 90s music in that movie. Yeah. I agree. To me. Yeah. All right. Um, fitted in nicely into the MCU and made the wait for Endgame a little shorter. Yeah. I love the way the new Avengers trailer used the same trailer and cut in scenes from other Marvel movies and didn't show too much. I don't need to see any more until I see the movie. They have my money already. I agree. Yeah. I also binged the shit out of the Umbrella Company and thought it was really good. Yeah. Great characters and really interesting story. Good news, the second season has been greenlit. Unless Disney buys Dark Horse Comics and then we're fucked. (laughs) That's a good point. That's a good point. (coughs) I wonder if they're on the list. Oh boy. No, don't you? I mean, Disney's buying everything. Yeah. I don't know. You think they're going to buy the horse? I don't know. I don't think so. Why would they need it? Like Otter, I've also watched some of the na- of the nasty shit, which really pisses me off. 
The Michael Jackson one is horrific. There have been a ma- there's been mass hysteria over here with radio stations banning his music now. It's not like he's gonna, wow. Yeah, it's not like he's gonna pop by the speakers and start fingering everybody willy nilly. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, none of this shit comes. <laughs> of- <laughs> wow, <laughs> none of this shit comes as much of a surprise now. So it's weird that the hysteria has turned to eleven again. I agree. Like, I mean, I don't know. I've I've heard that the radio stations were banning his music. I'm like. What? I didn't hear that. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I mean, you know, Elvis like little girls too, apparently. You yeah, know? she's fucking 14. Yeah, so. No, I know. Yeah. I, I, that's, that is that is not a defense of the Pittsburgh. <laughs> right, yeah. I'm, I'm not defending any of that. I'm just saying, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, nobody's banning Elvis. <laughs> right, but I, I am not defending Michael Jackson. I, at all? Yeah. I'm not. But, wow. I just can't believe the ban on his music. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> the Abandoned in Plain Sight one was another one that was a real head fuck. The parents are fucking idiots. There was also some questionable pairing in the Jacko thing, but Jesus, these two are, are right fucktards. <laughs> When the father gave his story, I honestly thought it was a parody. Like a mockumentary. I couldn't believe this shit. This whole situation could have been avoided if they had maybe stopped a 30-year-old from sleeping with her daughter every fucking night. Wow. The Ted Bundy documentary is also a grim watch. Mm. Strange so many women idolized him considering what an absolute monster he was. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah, White women in this country get very moist when they start watching these fucking mo- these documentaries and shit about true crime. It's very weird. You're right. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, it's why there's an entire genre of podcasts that like make millions of dollars. Like my favorite murder. Yeah. Meanwhile, you know, I know. <laughs> Three hundred and four episodes later. Still no yeah. word from Red Bull. Yeah. <laughs> Red Bull and Budweiser. Yeah. Any day. <clears throat> I went to a metal gig a few weeks ago, and the headliner was a Polish death metal band, Decapitated. Oh, fuck. I can't even imagine Anthony. Huge fan of, the, of these, as they are like an old school death slash thrash metal band. Lots of big, chunky riffs and tempo changes. Yeah. Real back to basic stuff. <laughs> Great gig, but with some annoying assholes attended, like the young couple in front of me who spent the whole gig looking into each other's eyes and kissing every five minutes or so. Man, that's kind of odd. That, that is that's very odd. Show. Yeah, yeah. This is not Mikey Michael fucking Boublier. Then these two lads beside them are constantly filming the gig on their phones and posting on Instagram. One was posting a video and didn't know how to spell decapitated, and the other had to Google it. Wow. I really despair sometimes. <laughs> despair. Anyway, it's all for now, Ant. <laughs> you have to think. I mean, like, not the people that couldn't spell decapitated, but the couple kissing the entire time. I'm like, what are you, a sociopath? Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong with you? That's turning yeah. you on? Yeah. Like, okay. 
I had my first real tongue kiss at my at Jimmy Page during Midnight Moonlight, uh-huh. you know, which is like a, a, a soft song. Yeah. You know, a little different than like, you know, some thrash metal band. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So, different tempo. Much different. Yeah, I caught the little boob. I was pretty proud of myself that show. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any like to add to the proceedings there, sir? No, man, I'm good. Well, remember, there are a number of different ways you can reach out and touch us. Hey. You can send us an email like these fine folks have. That email address is pittsburghnerd at yahoo.com. Uh, you can also find us on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Just search Pittsburgh Nerd. And remember, we are a member of a number of podcasting networks. We are on the uh, Tangent Bound Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, and the Danger Entertainment Network. Just give them a Google search, and you'll find all the great shows that they have to offer. And lastly, as always, we want to thank you, the listener, for checking us out each and every week. We greatly appreciate you taking the time to enjoy our hijinks and shenanigans. And on that note, the dreamer has awakened. Peace. <laughs>